0: Toasters, known for being shiny, famous for... Drink. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why toasters are secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. Mujan Zolfagari and Kimberly Clark are my guests this week. Mujan is an amazing improviser and podcaster. I hope you know her from the team making Mission to Zix. And Mission to Zix is a long-form improv comedy podcast set in a science fiction universe. It's an amazing show and saga and kind of thing, and the final season is out now. You can also catch Mujan on the animated comedy show Tuning Out the News on Paramount Plus and Comedy Central. Mujan also helped get this podcast off the ground. She was on a very early episode about going to the beach, and I'm so glad she's back for this one. And then Kimberly Clark is a new guest and a fantastic stand-up comedian. She has credits all over, including The Late Late Show with James Corden, and she has a new special on Netflix. Kim's stand-up special is Season 2, Episode 4 of Tiffany Haddish Presents They Ready, which is a whole just wonderful series of great comics. I've just seen it. If you like this show, I think you'll like that set a lot. Again, that is Tiffany Haddish Presents They Ready, Season 2, Episode 4. The comic's name is Kimberly Clark. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that Mujan and I each recorded this on the traditional land of the Canarsie and Lenape peoples, acknowledge Kim recorded this on the traditional land of the gabrielino tongva and Keech and Chumash peoples, And acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about toasters, which is a perfect topic for this show. Many, many thanks to Brenda Young for that perfect idea. Also, holy cow, this is a milestone episode of the podcast. This is episode 100 of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Big round number. I am so grateful to be here and to be here with you. And I feel full of gratitude, especially to every patron of this show, including people who dove in on the membership drive that was part of the run-up to episode 100 and, and made this the time they jump in and support the show. Everybody who's a patron of this show is the entire reason it exists. There are two big things you can do for any independent podcast. The two big things are directly support it or tell a friend to go check it out because then they might directly support it too. And in the in the membership drive I did, running up to this episode, dozens and dozens and dozens of you did that thing. Boy, oh boy, that's just gobsmacking in a great way. It is just, it's just such a thing that I appreciate and, and can't thank you enough for. I hope you feel proud of 100 episodes of this podcast, because they wouldn't be here without you. And then as far as what a 100th episode of this podcast should be, I thought about, what I've heard on like some other podcasts when they hit a hundredth episode or a huge milestone, and a lot of times there's like a big parade of different guests or it's a mega long episode or or there's other bells and whistles like that. With, the, with this podcast, I'm trying my very hardest every week. And if there was a better version that I could do or, or like a mega version I could do, I would just do that every week. So I'm very proud to present you a totally normal episode for episode 100. I'm just as proud of it as all the past ones, just as proud as I'm going to be of episode 101 that I just taped, or episode 102, episode 103, any, any others that are going to come, because it's a privilege to be part of your week every week, and I hope this podcast honors that. I'm also growing confident this intro is running long, so I'm, I'll leave it there with a thank you and with a diving in to the fun that we always have. Please sit back. Or sit proudly, knowing you made 100 episodes of this show happen. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Kimberly Clark and Mujan Zulfagari. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. I'm it is so good to have you on, and of course I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it, either of you can start, but how do you feel about toasters?
1: I mean, I'm a fan, I really like them, Uh, recently purchased a new one, Uh, it's a new one that looks retro, but it's cheap as hell, so it works for both my interests, and uh, you know, (laughs) I grew up with toasters around me, I know people who have toasters, so... You know, I feel very strongly toward toasters.
0: Right on. Okay. Mujan, is it like a slot one or is it a toaster oven or oh, what's no, the, the a deal? Oh, no, it's a slot
1: one. It's just your basic nice. two, two at a time. Nothing too, nothing too crazy.
2: Kim, yeah, how about you? I just bought my mom a new toaster for Mother's Day. And she is of a certain age, so... um Toasters have gotten really complicated. I mean, especially if you get like the toaster oven slash broiler combo, because you have to do the whole push the knob to the left and then do it to the right. It's almost like using like one of those backup cars where you have to like (laughs) push it backwards to let it go forward. It's so weird. But um, I love toast more than I love toasters because I feel like toasters take up a lot of counter space and I'm really trying to adopt the minimalist um, lifestyle and toasters yeah. just don't line up with that for me Um, in terms of how much space they take, you know, I have to make my toast in the oven now because I don't, I no longer own a toaster anymore. Like after my last one went out, I was like, you know what, I don't need all this counter space taken up with appliances. You know, I don't want it to look like the appliance aisle in Walmart, you know, so <laughs>
0: I no longer <laughs> I love toast more than I love toasters. And are you you said in the oven, are you using like the full oven oven to make toast? Oh yeah. Like preheated. I'm turning and everything. it on. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
2: Even even um even in the summertime, which is crazy because I live in <laughs> Burbank, California, which is nice. the valley of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and it's not near the ocean. So there's no beautiful ocean breeze coming through while I have the hot oven blaring in my kitchen (laughs) for two pieces of toast.
1: Have you perfected like how long your toast is in that oven? Or what's your what's how many degrees and how long do you keep it there?
2: You know what? It depends on how fast I want the toast. Like, of course, I'm going to turn it up if I need it fast. But I think 300 is pretty good for a couple of minutes and it's ready. I don't I don't like yeah. a burnt toast. I just like a little a sure. tiny bit of golden crisp on it. And I put on put the butter on right away so it's nicely melted in there. Oof. I don't like to see solid pieces of butter on my toast. I like it. <laughs> but I'm not going to put the butter. I'm not going to put the butter on the bread and into the oven. Some maniacs do that, but you know, you do risk oh. butter drippings going to the bottom of your oven and the elements and then you have a little small smoke fire. <laughs> Can my It gets
0: really complicated. I really b- believe when you said before that you have a passion for toast and not for toasters. This is coming through strongly. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I will literally eat like a half of bag of ciabatta
0: bread toasted. Yeah.
2: In in one sitting easily.
0: And I guess I I feel like I'm sort of a Not Goldilocks, but like Mujan has a slot toaster. Kim is using the entire oven. We have a toaster oven currently. We are right in between. Most of the show is going to be about slot toasters and like the classic pop up and down toaster. But I we definitely had a slot toaster growing up. And then my roommates and now my partner have all had toaster ovens and have had no interest in them. And I I don't miss the slot toaster. Don't totally need it. It's fine.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, whenever I think of the toaster oven, I think fancy. I think growing up, that's what the fancy people had. Mm-hmm.
2: And you know, the toaster ovens are now coming with air fryers because my the toaster oh, oven that yeah. I purchased for my mom also has an air fryer option. Oh, that's smart. Which I'm like... They're really going going there with the toasters.
1: But also, at the, at the end of the day, it sounds like an oven. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Let's just put them all together where they were, once were. It's just another thing just on an your oven.
2: counter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and another plug. I feel like the plug issue is also yeah. a huge yes. limitation of these things. We our, our Brooklyn kitchen has, like, two outlets total. And it's been a real power strip rigging situation.
1: I always... After I toast my toast, I always unplug. I don't know why I have a fear that it will blow up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I mean, a I lot always, of
2: people do that. Yeah.
1: Just a, yeah, I do like I don't keep it plugged all the time. That feels unsafe to me. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, each time.
2: Not <laughs> unless you have like a, a um a toaster clock on Are there any toasters with clocks on them? There's got to be some Probably. futuristic ones, yeah. Because I know my mom keeps her microwave plugged in yeah. because there's a clock on it. Yeah. But the toaster always gets unplugged, always.
1: Also, the one I bought uh, is like maybe $25, so I'm pretty sure it will blow up. Like, I don't—it does its job, but I don't—I think it could do other jobs, and I don't want it to do those other jobs.
2: Yeah, you don't want to <laughs> explore those unknown territories. No, 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 territories.
0: i'm i'm very excited that this show will have at least one unknown territory of toasters it's gonna be a lot of fun um yeah and i think from here we can get into the first chunk of it because on every episode our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics this week that's in a segment called the best part of statistics is numbers in your mind and uh, that name was submitted by Kelsey Legidall. Thank you, Kelsey. We have a new name for this segment every week. Please make a silly and wacky and bad as possible. Submit to Sifpod on Twitter or to Sifpod at gmail.com. And, and heads up for, like, long-time listeners, this one, it'll be a couple numbers, then the takeaways of the show, and then more numbers at the end. So mixing it up a little bit. But the first number here is less than five years. And less than five years is, according to Wirecutter.com, the lifespan of a new toaster. They and oh. I'm sorry, Mujan, but they say if you buy a new toaster, don't expect it to last beyond five years of starting to use it. It's going to break down.
2: Interesting. Sounds That's like an bad. iPhone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they were built to not last. That seems rude.
0: They yeah. Apparently they are now. And I was I, I didn't know about this. I don't follow like toaster culture but apparently like like wirecutter's entire page about here's our guide to toasters. The first thing on it is don't buy a toaster because they're going to break down. They say, quote, no matter how much you spend, toasters aren't made to last like they once were. end quote. And there's a belief that vintage toasters were built to last, new ones just fall apart.
2: Yeah, that's real because my mom has a blender that's older than me. It's from like, oh my <laughs> god, she might have gotten it for her wedding as a wedding gift.
0: Makes sense. And it's
2: glass. Yeah. Let me tell you something. That thing, it has Vitamix vibe to it, and I'm like, this blender nice. is amazing. So, I mean, that makes sense about toasters nowadays. Like, they don't, you know.
1: Yeah, I think like thinking about my family, we, I don't, I think we just had that one toaster. We didn't change it every five years. Mm -hmm. I also feel like not many people know that. And so (laughs) even if it's supposed to last for five years, I, similar to like an iPhone, like I will have an iPhone 6 until it just like, it will explode. Right. (laughs) Right. I wonder if
2: there's people that are upgrading their toasters though, like when a new, like, ooh, they got the new.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's gotta be like toaster heads out there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's got to be like a Reddit slash R slash toaster or something like that.
0: You know, I, I didn't find a specific community. I learned a little bit about them. The The next number is 151. And 151 is the number of separate parts in a Sunbeam brand toaster from the 1970s. And mm. apparently toaster heads love the Sunbeam brand in particular. That's like, if you want a vintage toaster, you need to get one sometime between 1949 and 1980. And the the number of parts comes from a book called Things Come Apart by Todd McClellan, where they, he just separates a bunch of different appliances out into all the little components. And apparently Sunbeam, until they were bought up and kind of watered down after the 80s, they were the brand of a great toaster that lasts forever. And people really, really love it.
2: Mm, Interesting. They're the iPhone of toasters basically. Yeah. Sunbeam.
0: Yeah, but like even built more to last. Like apparently there I found a modern business that refurbishes and resells old Sunbeams specifically because people are that passionate about them. I, this is not an ad for Sunbeam. It's just what it turns out toaster heads are freaking out for. It should
1: be though. <laughs> but is the price is it like a, you know, like certain things get better, the prices go up through aging? Like, is it like a good bottle of old wine? I don't know. Oh. Is, that how, is that how people talk? Uh, you get like the 1975
2: would one of those... uh,
1: crumb
0: yeah. on your toast. Mm.
1: And
0: <laughs> does it enhance the flavor? Yeah. <laughs> this toast is so bright. Ah, like sunglasses on. Yeah, yeah that's a good question. I couldn't find like any reliable guide to like prices of these now, but it was a Chicago business and then it got bought up by another company that like watered down the quality of the toasters. And so now if you buy a new one, it's like all these other toasters that Wirecutter says you should not buy. Mujan, I think you said you spent 25 on your new toaster. Yeah, that is that is around the right price for a new toaster. Wirecutter says their pick is a $30 Cuisinart toaster. Uh, mm. and then like the upgrade Breville kind is $80, but, uh, I like you're truly buying a used toaster if you want the vintage, uh, unbeatable kind.
1: Yeah. Well, I, now that makes me like think like, what is the most expensive toaster? And does it, does it matter? Right. It doesn't, doesn't matter. because they you're all gonna,
2: yeah. it's just gonna do the same thing.
1: It's gonna do the same thing. Yeah.
2: One's going to do it better than the other.
1: Hold on. Oh. Uh, I'm on Amazon. I'm looking up. <laughs> I found one for $119.
0: $119. But... Still toast.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no, but this is, like, yeah, industrial, like, uh, conveyor toaster stuff. You can get one for $5,427. Oh, my
2: God. <laughs> it's the
1: Toast King conveyor toaster, where you can have, like, 12 toasts at the same time. You're making they...
2: toast for an army.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You're running a diamond yeah. Prison, sure, yeah,
2: yeah, (laughs) yeah,
1: yeah. Prison (laughs) toast. Still gonna, it's still gonna not work in five years. It's pretty disappointing. Yeah. If I'm gonna spend that much money
2: on a toaster, I want the toaster to be self-cleaning. Yeah. Now that's a function that they should have because you know, cleaning a toaster. I don't care if it's slotted a toaster oven. That is a you know what with the crumbs, and then you're trying to avoid the element in there and. I mean some some toasters are easier than others to clean but I don't know.
1: So I sometimes toast like a muffin. I cut the muffin up and then it, you know, it oh. gets stuck and then the remnants are in it forever and it gets burned mm-hmm. and then it, you know, explodes. But some people I think they toast things that aren't bread Crummy. in there. Or no, like meats, right? I feel like some people there's now meat and there's eggs, there's other things you can toast in a toaster, in a
2: slot toaster or a toaster, yeah, right? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and a toast, in a slot toaster. Maybe you're not supposed to, but I feel like I have heard a friend who probably shouldn't have did like a Beyond Burger. <laughs> they shouldn't have, right? <laughs> uh, in a to- no, okay, never mind.
2: Wow. Well, you could put Pop Tarts in there, right?
1: Yeah, Pop Tarts. Yeah, yeah, I've
2: I've done a Pop Tart in a in a slot toaster. That works out.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was made for a slot toaster. Maybe not meat. Don't. Okay, we should move. Yes. No, I'm no, I'm trying no, to wrap my mind
2: around something moist going in
0: there. Yeah. Yeah, and and Mujan, is that your, your muffins are going in a slot toaster? Like you're you're chopping it into slices and then putting yeah, slices. Yeah, I of I
1: chop it into slices. Yeah. Okay.
0: Now, see, now I want to try that. Actually, that sounds pretty good. A uh, toasted
1: muffin. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. I I'm more yeah, in this regards I'm more into the toasted muffin than the toaster, because the toaster the toaster's usually messes it up. Right. I should use an oven, but I'm just impatient. <laughs> I just want it <laughs> to happen fast. And I like the action of it going bing. So yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised, but the, the meat element that leads into the one one of the main takeaways for this episode. So I'm gonna bring us into it. Takeaway number one. Before we had microwaves, people tried to use slot toasters to make bacon. Hmm. This was an entire product, an entire business. The the Ready Whip company tried to roll out a slot toaster approach to bacon called Ready Bacon in the 1960s. Mm.
1: Okay.
2: That's interesting. Well, they don't
1: exist anymore, right? So something went wrong?
0: (laughs) It did. Yeah, it didn't work out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was. So, were there
2: like little tiny, like, shoots? Because I can't imagine, like, that big slot gate and putting like a strip of bacon in there. I feel like it would get lost. It just be on the bottom, sad, all wrinkled up.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm dropping a picture in the chat right now and then we'll have it linked for people. And this picture okay. is from Gastro Obscura, a piece by Rachel Rummel. She's the oh. main source here. In 1964, the people who make Ready Whip rolled out a whole product called Ready Bacon. And it was a foil pouch lined with absorbent paper. And so it's it's almost like a Pop-Tart still wrapped up, but it's four pieces of pre-cooked bacon. And the idea is you put that in a toaster slot, heat it for 90 seconds, and then pop it back out. You have bacon in 90 seconds.
1: That sounds like a good idea.
2: Oh, I'm looking at it now.
1: Huh.
0: <laughs> High skepticism. I like it. That's good. But
2: this yeah. was pre-microwave. So this was kind of like Yeah. I feel like the precursor to the idea of cooking meat fast. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if I want fast-cooked meat.
1: I mean, I appreciate that it has at least that like aluminum foil. So moving forward, you don't have that, like that grease or whatever. The remnants of meat when you cook other things, an old meat. Right. If but but this was a thing of itself, right? This was not used for toast. It was used specifically for specifically bacon. Specifically for bacon. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's the pr- the product was called Ready Bacon where the the bacon was wrapped in foil and I'm looking at this ad now and it says toaster to table. That's great alliteration by the way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it really, and like you said, Kim, they were pre-microwave oven, like if if folks remember the long ago microwave ovens episode, we talked about how they only started to be common in homes in the 1970s, microwaves, so 1964 Mm -hmm. people were like, 90 second meat, this is revolutionary, I can't believe it.
2: Ooh, the Jetsons. (laughs) Yeah. It's here, that time is, the future is now, it's here.
0: (laughs) Just, just inserting the meat into that robot maid they had, like, into her mouth. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so they rolled this out. People were excited. And then there was one flaw where they had to stop. And here's Rachel Rummel writing about it. Quote, the residual fat in Ready Bacon's pre-cooked strips proved problematic. Mm-hmm. Even the slightest tear in the packaging posed a threat. As grease could drip down into the toaster, destroying it or starting a fire. End quote.
1: It always explodes, I'm telling you. <laughs> always explodes. It's inevitable. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the unplugging impulse Mujan, that actually is a good good move here. Like bacon stun <laughs> <ugh, laughs> out. <But> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they, yeah, they rolled this out in 1964, and by 1965, they'd pulled the last of it off of store shelves in a panic. This, this product mm. uh, did not come back, and pretty much other than bread and Pop-Tarts and things like Pop-Tarts, we don't really use slot toasters for anything else. Don't do it.
1: Yeah. That's, you know, c- part of me is like a little disappointed. We've had so many years since then. We've had, you know, 60-odd years since it was discontinued, 50-odd years, you'd think Someone would do something else with the toaster that's beyond the toaster oven or an air fryer, or like other foods you can just put into a slot machine. A slot, you know, what a I'm slot saying? machine. Yeah, <laughs> slot maybe machine. our
2: toasters can give us coins.
1: I mean, right, <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying, this an untapped market that's been forgotten due to what explosions, sure, but that we move on, we go beyond, think about stuff.
2: That would be dope though if you like toast the perfect, like. <laughs> pair of toast and then your toaster is like you win you win and like coins come out
1: yeah that
2: would be like proud of you
1: to have a toaster be proud of you and to reward you for your achievements i mean we're all going through a lot right now and i think that would be a good product
2: listen that is a victory when you get your toast just right
1: i agree that is a
2: victory because when you Mm -hmm. f it up sometimes i throw it out if it's after yeah. too badly, because I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not eating this. No, uh-huh. I can't even scrape the charcoal off of it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to start all over again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you only have like a certain amount of time with that toast, too. Like you have to eat it within some odd, like oh. less than an hour, right? Because then it just turns hard. Yes. Exactly. It's a delicate process and you need to be rewarded. Yeah.
0: Real talk. Yeah, you mm-hmm. need to go toaster to table like that ad. That's the that's the way of it. We all know this. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god. Well, uh, there's one other main takeaway for the episode. For some more numbers, here we go into takeaway number two. Slot toasters became a common appliance thanks to one metallic alloy. I got curious about, like, where did toasters come from in general? And it turns out the technological leap that made it all possible is a metallic alloy for the part that heats up and is, like, against the bread in there. That was the key thing they needed to invent before they could invent the rest of the machine.
2: Mm. Who invented it? What is that called?
0: And it was a guy. uh, His name was Albert L. Marsh. He was an American metallurgist. And in 1905, he came up with nichrome which is a combination of nickel and chromium mostly nickel. So 1905 that's when we got like the key element that made the toaster a machine.
2: Oh. So toasters were out in the early 1900s?
0: Yeah, and it took off really fast. He he patented this in 1906 and then 2 years later 1908 General Electric was selling multiple models of a toaster. Like this hmm. this was an immediate Like, people already loved toast, but they were making toast by, like, holding bread over a fire with a fork. Or there were, like, Mm -hmm. these metallic frame things that you could hold a piece of bread up to a fire with. But as soon as this machine came out, people said, oh, my God, amazing. This is what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. I would imagine, especially at that time, like, Gilded Age, like, women would invite other women to be, like, a toaster party. Oh, yeah. To show (laughs) off the toasts that they have.
0: Yeah, there was I there was definitely a step of history where people were like check out the best new appliance in the world. It's some new technology we bought. It's really cool. And it was a toaster. Is it?
1: Yeah, I think that's awesome.
0: And as far as like the origin of toasters, main sources here are the Smithsonian Museum of American History and then also Time Magazine and CNET. That uh that alloy, nichrome, it's it's not like a famous alloy, but a lot of toasters are still made out of it to this day. Uh, And the reason it made toasters possible is it can be heated and cooled over and over and over again without breaking or without getting brittle. It also glows a bright reddish color when it's heated. And so that was a nice bonus safety feature. Like you could just see whether the toaster was on or not. That just uh, got turned into this appliance right away. He made it for that purpose and people figured it out. And by the end of the 1900s first decade, people were buying toasters.
1: It probably changed, like, the breakfast and dining experience for so many people.
2: Yeah. And it was probably fun, too, for the kids to, to look at, you know? Because I remember... Yeah. Well, I'm dating my... I'm old. But I remember when microwaves became a thing and, like, being excited about microwave popcorn. Because I remember making it on a stove. So it's like, oh, microwave popcorn. Look at this. You know, we could get popcorn in three minutes. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's probably, that probably was the same reaction with the, with
0: toasters, I'm sure back then. Exactly right. Yeah. And it, uh, and also the first toasters, I just dropped a picture in the chat and, and people can see them in the post too. It, the very first ones were built very different than what we have today. There was no like big housing around it. So there was just sort of exposed coils and slots on a little base. And so you were also like, Seeing the toast get toasted in front of you, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of cool. I, I sort of want that experience one time. You know, yeah, just to see I actually it.
1: like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a. I think they should bring that, or maybe they have brought it back. But I, you get to kind of keep an eye on your toast because sometimes, you know, it is. It's hard <laughs> yeah. to toast sometimes, <laughs> even if you put it on the four setting. I feel like as the toaster ages, the four becomes the five. Like it, it has its own method without telling you. But if, yeah. you have it, if you have it in front of you, you could see it reaching the level that you want it to. And you could stop it.
2: I'm getting the image of like an indoor campfire now with a toaster that's not. You're saying the toaster's not enclosed, right? It's just yeah, out there and on a base.
0: Like you could reach and touch the filaments if you wanted to get burned or something. Burn like they're just stuff. out there. Yeah.
2: yeah. If you want to self-harm?
1: <laughs> but you have the option, you know? Right now we don't have that option. Give us the freedom, you know? Uh, so, wait, was there a reason why they had the house around it or the or the protection around it?
2: Probably for the people that were burning themselves.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah,
0: I, I Googled a lot and couldn't find anyone to tell me that it was for safety and liability, but I'm sure that's why. Yeah. I like lived to tell. It's just definitely yeah. people realized, oh, we could get sued, so let's put a yeah, chrome true. thing around it. And then people will idealize it, yeah.
1: That's true. Human <laughs> beings, yeah, 100%. If something is burning in front of us, we will put our finger in it. That's what happens. Real. Yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and then that's the origin of toasters is this metal alloy. wire cutter says most toasters still work this way. There's also a cheaper alloy people use of chromium, iron, and aluminum. But it's more brittle, less good. Like, it's just another cost-cutting thing companies are doing.
2: That's probably what they're making all of them out of now. And that's why we got to buy them every five years.
0: Yeah. Apparently nickel is expensive. That's why. They don't want to spend the money on nickel. Sure.
2: So now when I go to the store, I have to say, is there nickel in the alloy component of this toaster? Do you think they'll know what I'm talking about?
0: I hope they do. You can really, really flex on them, big time them. Like, I know my toasters, buddy, you know?
1: And then they'll kind of be like, "Oh, no, she knows." And they'll they'll sell you like the one good one that they've been keeping in the back. How does she know? Right. How does she know? <laughs> Who told her?
2: They bring it out. It's like the golden child It's white like yeah. light
0: over it and stuff.
1: We've been tricking them for years. Right. <laughs>
0: it's a it's a sunbeam toaster surrounded by literal sunbeams. Just blinding <laughs> Ark of the Covenant stuff. In a good way. Right.
1: <laughs> With like angels that kiss the bread when it comes out. like. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: so you know what? This is inspiring me to want to open a toaster store now. Even though I don't own a toaster, I don't think oh, yeah. I, I will do it again anytime soon. Unless I have like a massive uh, counter space in my living quarter. But um, yeah, I think I should open a toaster store now.
1: Is it a place for people to toast or to buy toasters?
2: Both. Both.
1: Okay. I think yeah. it should
2: be I think they should test the product. Yes. Before they take it home. Yeah. I don't understand why they don't do that with toasters. They do that with yeah. other products. I guess I don't know. For the obvious sanitary reasons, but
0: It's like like you're in Best Buy, all the TVs are playing a movie or sports or something to impress you. The toasters should be like occasionally making toast. Yeah. Just to impress you. Like, ooh, look at this. Yeah. You know.
2: There should be a wall of bread and pop tarts for mm-hmm. us to <laughs> test.
1: Also like a customization color grid of like Right. Like which one makes the best <laughs> 6 <laughs> and 7 or yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Cuz cuz also I'm I'm a light lightly toasted toast person, but I know people who want charcoal on it and I don't get it. Yeah. But I'm sure like some stores I would go to, they'd be like, here's what everybody likes, the charcoal toast. And I'd be walking out and be like, no, you have misunderstood me.
1: <laughs> also, I think we've been generalizing bread. I feel like maybe some different breads require different toast process or toasting. That's like true. maybe a ciabatta is better at a, at a mildly toasted, but a sourdough is probably better very toasted, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a
2: good point. And then if you're dealing with rolls or croissants, those are way more dense than just a simple Mm -hmm. slice of bread.
1: Yeah. I think you, at your toaster store, you need to have like a toast, a bread connoisseur, bread, (laughs) toast, toasters. I think it's, man. I'm also, I'm angry this hasn't happened before. Yeah. We have a lot of business ideas that are happening today.
2: (laughs) What part of New York are you in?
0: (laughs) I'm in the part that's I'm a toaster a- store desert, I'll tell you that. No toaster stores.
1: I see, yeah, there's no toaster this stores. This feels like there's a
0: Brooklyn
2: situation. That's yeah. why I was asking. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm in the part that needs it. There's definitely, I feel like in the past like year, a bunch of sh- uh, shops opened up for Shades, and it's like you don't need that many shops for shades for like window shades. Oh wow! There's like window six shade. different window shade shops that have opened yeah, up. No. Wow! If that's happening, we gotta have a toaster shop. Like, come on.
0: Might as well. I was. We did one trip up the Hudson Valley, like the Hudson River Valley, and we accidentally found a s'mores store. Mm. And they did specialty s'mores, and like the person got out a blowtorch and did it in front of you, and they were square marshmallows, oh. so they sit more easily for architectural reasons. It was very impressive. Sure. I think I think we can just have those people open this. They know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And were it, was it like twenty dollars for s'mores? It was.
0: Like, I think it was six or seven. It was actually a lot. Really? Still okay. like, <laughs> I still had my you know yeah. stuff. I wasn't in a <laughs> barrel with straps at the end. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so you got square marshmallows and what else in it?
0: And then I guess so. I got it was around March. I got a Shamrock S'more. It was graham crackers, marshmallow, and then Andy's mints. And it was mm, it was amazing on. actually. Okay. It was really good. But wow. yeah. <laughs> That's how you do it. So this for toast. We need that. We need this yes, level. This for toast, yeah. yes. And we'll open it outside the Brooklyn Nets Stadium or something. I don't know where. But you know, yeah. something
1: we'll do it. Yeah, right outside the Net. It's in the Nets Stadium, actually. Yeah. Uh at Barclays Center. <laughs> and like at every schmorgishborg or whatever. <laughs> and West Hollywood. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: it's a very West Hollywood situation too and silver lake silver lake it's a very
0: silver it would be lake. hard
1: though i think in la because it is a carb based thing so we we should have other options besides toast other non-carb based products or that could be toasted
2: gluten-free toast
1: right gluten-free toast mm-hmm.
2: yeah seed bread the bread that's just yes. made out of seeds
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that like only charred.
1: birds should
0: eat people yes. <laughs>
1: Like, medically, too, only birds should eat. It's just.
0: All right. Off of that, we're going to a short break, followed by the big takeaways. See you in a sec. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive.
1: (laughs) Hard to believe.
0: Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check.
1: What? Hang on!
0: It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So, I had my kids do it.
1: Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um... Bad jokes.
0: Bad jokes?
1: Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them, and then you just... Stay there like like really quiet and try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring.
0: Because of Jordan, right? Not me.
1: Because of both of you.
0: Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. There's also there's an element of toasters with sliced bread, which is that yeah. I think I had always assumed we got toasters after sliced bread, but it turns out we got toasters before. Mm. And because these these toasters start rolling out around 1908, 1909. And according to Time Magazine, the first mass marketed pre-sliced bread was 1928. So it was Mm. a few decades after the invention of toasters that like a pre-sliced bread was available to people. So lots of the first toaster users were, you know, using a bread knife, cutting their own bread, aiming for the right dimensions for this new technology they got.
2: they were eating that last supper bread
1: yeah <laughs> it was
0: cut that way
1: like, that makes like a rugged me rugged
0: surface
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that makes me wonder like who created which dimension came first were we were we cutting the bread and then they made the dimensions of the toaster based on what people were doing or did that affect what people were doing afterwards
0: it's a good question yeah i'll bet they kind of started to match up yeah Toasters were definitely popular in homes when the first sliced bread came around, and it took until the 1930s for sliced bread to be really popular. Apparently, Wondercut bread was one of the first hit brands. Now we just know it as Wonderbread. Mm. But there was this like slow progression toward Americans thinking, oh, yeah, like a loaf of bread that's already fully sliced, that's normal. Uh, and in the meantime, they already had a toaster, possibly with no protection around it, just sitting on their table.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs>
0: But yeah, a very strange thing. And then, uh, and I was also curious, I know toasters as a trope, as a wedding gift, it's a very common, especially in the past, like, oh, people are getting married, here's a toaster. And it seems like one reason is that it was new technology in the early 20th century. Another reason is that toasters were less disposable then, like you would give somebody a toaster and they'd use it forever. But the last reason is that couples in the 20th century were often like starting their household after they got married. And today a lot of couples like already have a the kitchen basics when they're getting married.
1: Yeah. I don't think I've any of the registries I've given money to for my friends. <laughs> they're general it's all changed. It's not just like give us money for a honeymoon. It's not or like something very expensive or crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like while we have your attention.
2: <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, but
1: no toasters. Yeah.
2: Is there any way you could go halvesies on those like really expensive items on people's registries? I, I always thought about that. It's like I don't want to buy this yeah. chandelier for you guys, but I'll put in I don't know ten percent, right? <laughs> and then, and then the rest of you guys should, have the rest.
1: There should be. That's a good idea. I agree. I always end up getting like a pan,
2: <laughs> right? A dish towel.
1: A dish towel that's supposed to come in like a pack of seven, and I just get like the oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> so am like guys so I spent funny. so much money coming here by myself come on <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that I our, our registry I think will just be please contribute to a honeymoon yeah because we already have our I'm getting yeah. married in October and we already have a place we, we already have the toaster oven we're all set yeah
2: mm-hmm.
1: but can your toaster oven be improved oh wait so do you guys live together
2: already
0: yeah mm-hmm. we do yeah so we, we okay. already have a kitchen. Like, we're all set up. Okay. Because, yeah,
2: yeah. you know, some couples, it's like they don't live together and then they have two of everything. And then oh. the person yeah. with the <laughs> stuff, they have to throw that out.
0: <laughs> it was really just the headline mentioned toasters, but there was an NPR story about Goodwill. And they said that Goodwill receives like so many broken appliances that they actually have pretty intense trash bills every year. And they're asking people mm. oh. to like... Like, please don't give us fully broken toasters and other appliances like that. Or, like, the junk if if the couple is deciding which stuff is better. Because then they end up spending a lot of money, like, getting rid of it. Whole issue.
2: Why don't they just take the toasters apart and build a, a new toaster with, yeah. with the parts that work? Isn't that <laughs> what they do with, like, car junkyards? They should have, like, a toaster junkyard. Yeah.
1: Yeah, an appliance junkyard, An yeah. appliance
2: junkyard, yeah. And just build... Build another one. Half sunbeam, half Cuisinart.
1: <laughs> <Have>. <laughs> Blender. Yeah.
2: Cyborg toaster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Roomba and it goes room to room. Right.
0: <laughs> I am alive now. Help. But it just keeps having to bake toast. Like. Well, uh, those are the main takeaways for the main episode. There's just a few numbers before we wrap it up. And the next number is also about bread still. It is 49 days. And 49 days is how long the U.S. government banned pre-sliced bread in World War II. Yep. There was a brief like month and a half where the government uh, would fine you very heavily if you as a bakery or whatever produced bread loaves that were pre-sliced.
1: Why? Is it is excess considered like excess labor or materials?
0: Yeah, this was it was January 1943. They thought that bakeries could save money by skipping the slicing and then keep bread prices lower. And they also Mm -hmm. knew that uh, there's a true thing where a sliced loaf needs more packaging around it because it'll go stale faster. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, it took twice as much wax paper to wrap up a sliced loaf. And they were trying to, like, conserve the nation's wax paper. So that was why they did this in World War II.
1: Oh, wow.
2: When you said 49, I thought you were going to say 49 (laughs) days before bread goes stale. And I'm like...
1: I thought that, too. I thought that, too. (laughs) I I saw you make a
2: face. And I'm like, (laughs) what's in that bread to make it stay that long? I don't want to eat that.
1: Or is it where, like, it goes through a process? Like... We always throw it away when it gets stale or smells, but we should let it actually stay out because then it goes back to its original form. Right. (laughs) And we've been throwing it out too soon.
2: Are you guys, I'm curious, are you guys like a let your bread stay out or put your bread in the refrigerator immediately?
1: I keep it out a little bit. I don't know why. I think it's just to enjoy those first few days of it being real bread. yeah. Yeah. And then I put it in the refrigerator.
2: Cause I yeah. feel like the refrigerator kind of alters the, the taste.
1: Yeah, even I when you
2: toast
0: to- it, I don't know it's
2: something different.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like Mujan with the habit of it, and also there, I found out there's a bread company here on the East Coast called Schmidt Old Time Baking, and my last name's Schmidt, so I was very excited. And then <laughs> I like looked them up on social media, and the very first post was a meme about how you should not put your bread in the refrigerator, and I felt very attacked oh. by Schmidt bread. I was like, hey, I'm one of you. Whoa, 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 whoa. That, the, yeah. But they said, like, oh, the, it makes the bread, like, less tasty and less fresh feeling if you make it cold and refrigerated all the time.
2: There's this comedian out here named Chase Bernstein, and she has this joke where she says she judges people by whether they keep their bread in the freezer or the refrigerator. Because you know how some people freeze bread because it'll... Yeah, yeah. I f- I'm probably not, I'm not doing her joke justice, but it's a really funny bread joke.
1: <laughs> I think yeah. I've frozen bread when I'm like, oh, I'm going to be on vacation and I accidentally bought bread.
2: Right. And then oh, yeah. put it in the freezer. you have too much. Yeah. Which yeah. I found that when you do freeze it, it's mandatory to toast it because. Yeah. Yes. If you thaw oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. bread out like that, you just have mush. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, and this is a weird. true test going back to, yeah, the toaster. It has to be a good toaster. You can't have a toaster that only half thaws it. And you have to remember to press that thaw button. I don't know what it does, but I press that button. Does that thaw button do anything? Is it like extra heat?
0: I don't think I've had one with that.
1: Unthaw. A defrost button. A defrost button. I've never seen like a some defrost toasters have a, button on a toaster. Really? Like some toasters have a, yeah, defrost button. What do you button.
0: have, a quiz art?
1: No, mine's, I don't even know what the name is. It's,
0: If you have a sunbeam, you have to tell us. You have to admit it.
1: No, no, no.
2: She's holding out on us.
0: She has like a Rolls Royce of toasters.
1: Yeah, it's a twenty-five dollar toaster.
2: Twenty-five (laughs) hundred.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And I like to unplug it and hide it whenever I leave. (laughs) Wow.
0: Yeah, and so so this ban on sliced bread. US government attempts this January nineteen forty three. It's very unpopular right away. Lots of bakeries and businesses violate it. And then they rescind the order by March of 1943. So there was just this brief window where there was a weird block on slicing bread like people had gotten used to. And also Lapham's Quarterly says it was pretty hard to buy a new electric toaster during World War II just because so much war production was happening. And so that was actually an appliance that was like hard to get new for a few years. It makes sense yeah it's the war it's what it is
1: it's the war it happens you ration it's it is interesting because it made me think like maybe you know if there if one of the reasons is to preserve although bread is so cheap to make in most cases it's like the it's the thing that you should be giving out more of but i guess you want to if but it's more about like the material that you're shaving that you put the sliced bread in right for
2: packaging Yeah. yeah yeah but if i
1: get like a Loaf of bread, I wouldn't know how many people it's for. Because I'd be like, oh, this is one serving. As opposed to when you get sliced (laughs) bread, you, like, even it out. It tells you, like, how much to eat.
0: Right. You know where you're at. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Why were
2: they so hell-bent on um, conserving wax paper? Is that how they made bullets? Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) The wax.
0: Yeah. Is it
2: the same materials that you make? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just trying to figure it out.
0: <laughs> well, the and the next number here is a modern thing. This is fifteen feet. That's also four point five seven meters for people on that. But fifteen feet is the Guinness World Record for the highest popping toaster.
1: Whoa. That's
0: the highest a toaster has ever fired the bread up into the air.
1: Intentionally.
0: Yeah, on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. Okay. <laughs>
1: Before or after it set on fire. Um, okay. Was the toaster itself like a, a normal average height toaster, like a regular toaster?
0: No. So yeah, this was someone who just wanted to break the Guinness World Record. Uh, this was a 14-year-old in Texas named Matthew Lucci, and he built a toaster that was powered by a 12,000 RPM motor. And apparently he did this because he saw the existing record in the Guinness Book of World Records and wanted to beat it. So it's just this kid wanted to, like, build an even more powerful toaster for fun.
2: I was just getting this image of, like, toaster hydraulics, like those bouncing cars (laughs) in the Snoop Dogg videos, you know, with
1: the hydraulics.
2: Or cannonball toaster. Mm. And the toast is on fire like Mujan was. Yeah, it's on fire. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's crazy. What is this? A game. This isn't a game. This is toast. I don't play <laughs> with my toast. This is not no. a game. <laughs> Do not play mm-hmm. with my toast.
1: I'm like tempted to look up that kid to see where what happened to him. Like what Uh-oh. field he went into. Did he use that power for good?
2: He probably works for Elon. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and, and, and not like a good department either, like a bad department. Yeah, in the
0: bad Elon. department. <laughs> His employee badge just says like bad department. Like it's just fully baked into the work. And then very last number here. This is sort of a similar situation. This is the year 2009. And 2009 is when an industrial designer created a joke prototype for a trebuchet toaster. And if people don't know, a trebuchet is sort of like a catapult. It's a medieval sea engine, And so this, just as a prototype, they built, it's a one-slot toaster where it's resting at an angle. And so the idea is you, like, catapult the piece of toast with force <laughs> onto your plates uh, kind of across the way. I'm so lost.
1: Yeah. Also, just so much work to be lazy. Like to create that for the purpose of it. Right. Is just to catapult your bread.
0: Yeah. And I just dropped a picture in the chat. Oh, okay. This seems to have been like a satire (laughs) of industry and consumerism. And it was sort of a whole art project too. But yeah, you're sort of in an arcing angle, sort of like an angry birds attack or something. Like you're launching the toast uh, to another point.
1: Got it. I mean, that's cool. I get it. But also you know, your plate has to be a specific angle. A lot of constraints there. But it is yeah. Yeah. just
2: more games. <laughs> it's just more games with my toast, man. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't wanna play. I just want the bread lightly toasted with a little bit of butter <laughs> melted. After the I match. don't need yeah. all these theatrics and acrobatic
1: <laughs> Yeah
2: moment while I'm trying to make a piece of toast.
1: No. Unless, of course, it gives you points. If it gives us points. If the coins are coming out,
2: <laughs> that's another ball game. But this right here, I don't I don't have time for this. Now I'm looking at these toasters where they can imprint um like there's a Bob Ross toaster and you can and it's a slot toaster and you can get an imprint of his face. On your toast.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, apparently some of those use lasers. Like most of these are just nichrome heating the toast, but some of those, it's like a laser etching print to put those. Doesn't so like, give us, on us cancer.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe you are
2: telling us, Alex?
1: <laughs> I found a toaster that is a toaster that also has a egg cooker attached to it, Ooh. so you can toast your toast and also. In four minutes, have a complete meal.
2: Interesting.
1: Oh, also, there's a Porsche designed toaster.
0: Oh, like the mm. car company. Wow.
1: Yeah. They created a toaster.
0: I, I feel like eventually we're reaching the joke we were making about like it has hydraulics and it's just like we just want toasters <laughs> to be more than the thing they are and good for us. Great. <laughs>
2: yeah. Now, this really further makes me feel like a toaster store needs to happen. Yeah, somebody needs to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, Kim, we get you on a plane, fly to Brooklyn. Uh, it's not an to airport right three, here. Man. Yeah. Three, man, yes, three. Yep,
2: that's it. When it pops up, you know it's gonna be because of your podcast, Alex.
0: When it pops up, that's right. Yeah,
1: that's like a good name. That. When, it, <laughs> when pops it pops up, up. yeah.
2: Wow. <laughs> Listen, y'all, this this feels meant to be. <laughs>
0: that is the main episode for this week. My thanks to Kimberly Clark and Mujan Zulfagari for making this one awesome. Man, I, I don't feel like we just pressed down the metaphorical toaster lever. I feel like we fired up the entire oven for this one. You know what I mean? Because that is, uh, it turns out a way you can make toast. Very exciting. Anyway, said so that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. E If you support this show on patreon.com, patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is a couple of toasters from fantastical universes, supernatural powers and so on. Very fun. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show for a library of 99 other bonus shows, because this is also the 100th bonus show. Pretty cool. And if you join up, you can back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring toasters with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, before we had microwaves, people tried to use slot toasters to make bacon. Takeaway number two, slot toasters became a common appliance thanks to one metallic alloy. There's also a ton of numbers before and after those takeaways. There's more bread stuff. There's the fallibility of modern toasters. There's powerfully popping toasters. And more. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guests. They're great. Mujan Zulfagari is one of the creators and performers of a wonderful comedy podcast called Mission to Zyx. And I know this is audio. Zyx is spelled Z-Y-X-X. Mission to Z-Y-X-X. You can find that at mission to Z-Y-X-X dot space. That is their website. It's a domain extension after my heart. Dot space. You can also catch Mujan on the animated comedy show Tuning Out the News. That was on Paramount Plus, moving to Comedy Central. And then Kimberly Clark is a wonderful stand-up comedian all over. I highly, highly recommend her new special on Netflix. It's Season 2, Episode 4 of Tiffany Haddish Presents They Ready. So you get Tiffany Haddish, you get a bunch of other comedians, and you get this wonderful new special from Kimberly Clark. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. A few amazing pages and online resources from the Smithsonian National Museum of American History. In particular, some uploads and resources about a GE toaster that's in their collection. It's from the year 1909. Also leaned on a piece for Gastro Obscura by Rachel Rummel, and more reporting from CNET, Wirecutter Consumer Reports, Time Magazine, The Atlantic. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all of that, our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven by The Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode and for just hitting the century mark with me. Thank you, Chris. Extra, extra special thanks. Go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I know I say that every week, but truly, truly, I feel such gratitude to be taping the final words of episode 100 right now, because I know I get to keep on taping episode 101. I am thrilled to say we will be back next week with more secretly incredibly fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then.